In the 18th verse, Jesus makes a statement. He's about to ascend to the right hand of the Father. He's given instructions to the disciples. And he says, all authority, all power, all, A-L-L, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, if he has all, that means there's nothing left for anybody else. If I eat the whole thing, I ate all of it. Several years ago, when the Mexican place opened up in Lafayette, a bunch of us from the church went up there, and I have photographs to prove this. I don't know, it's the first time I'd ever been there, and I ordered a big old burrito. Boy, I didn't know that burrito was going to be about the size of, you know, Arkansas or something. It was, and, and somebody, Marlene, somebody took a picture of me before I ate it. And then she, they took a picture after I ate it. And I ate all of it. And the picture of me after I had eaten that entire burrito that was this big, you know, I'm like that. But there was nothing left on the plate. So that's the principle involved here. Jesus said all authority, all power has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. And because of that, then he says, I'm giving you these instructions. You go into the whole world and fulfill the great commission. The God that we serve is infinite, all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-capable. And there are no limits restricting him. None. We, however, we, we're the ones with trouble. We, however, minimize God's unlimited power by wrong thinking. We do that because our focus is wrong. Now, I don't say that to criticize because I'm just as guilty as anybody else. We focus on our sin instead of our Savior. We focus on our sickness instead of our healer. We focus on our lack instead of our provider. See, we focus on us, and nothing happens. It only gets worse. But when we focus on him, it gets better. When we involve him in our life and in the circumstances that we face, it's a sad truth, but as Sister Dawkins said, it's a truth anyhow. It's the truth anyhow. We live in a sin-cursed world. We're going to have to deal with stuff. I don't care who you are. And we can either focus on the stuff we have to deal with or we can focus on the one who can fix it. Amen. And that's what we've come here to do today. That's why we have church. Every Sunday morning, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead every Sunday morning. And in doing that, we proclaim to the world that he has received all power in heaven and on earth and that there is power I mean we sung it this morning there is something about that name amen there is no name that is equal to his name praise God and the day will come when every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord the only begotten son of God the Father to the glory of God the Father it's going to happen I'd rather do it now amen where I can do it and rejoice, then wait till I'm in a situation where I can't be helped. Now, we're going to go through the Old and, and the New Testament. We have two points that are two double points that we're going to look at today. But I, I'm going to use references from the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's why I don't have the wireless microphone. I'm going to, I'm going to stay behind the pulpit this morning just for the sake of time. Malachi 3 and 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Now, that is a, a, a measure of comfort for us. 
The God that we serve changes not. Hebrews 13 and 8, this is Brother Raymond's favorite verse. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So this infinite, all-power God in whom we believe and whom we serve changes not. I rejoice in that because they've, they've come times when I've changed my mind about stuff. I mean, you know, I'm always talking about whatever I eat. You, you notice the focus in my life, don't you? I didn't used to eat cabbage. I ate it now, you know. There's other stuff I didn't used to eat. When my sister first told me about Top of the River and that they served you turnip grains, Oh, Hutch, you got to go down there. I thought, you've lost your natural mind. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going to serve me turnip greens, cornbread, and, and coleslaw, you know. And then I went. You know what? I had a change of heart. Can't wait to go back. Praise God. There are times we, we change our minds about stuff, but God never changes. He never changes. He is the only consistent in this universe. God never changes. And for us, that is a reason to rejoice. That means when we go before him or reach out to him, he is the same every time. Praise God. Now, here's the first double point I want to share with you this morning that has to do with forgiveness and healing. Forgiveness and healing walk together. Amen. Hand in hand. In the, in the 103rd Psalm, the psalmist writes, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What are they? Verse 3. Who forgives all. All. Empty plate. All your iniquities. Hallelujah. What is iniquity, Brother Andy? Iniquity is when you knew better and you done it anyway. Iniquity is when you it was premeditated disobedience. You knew it was wrong. You dealt with it in your mind because it was wrong. But when it comes time to act, you did the wrong thing because that's what you wanted to do at the time. It was wrong, and you probably did it because somebody told you it'd feel good if you did that, and you did it, and it's wrong. That's iniquity. But the Word of God says that this unchanging God whom we serve forgives all of our iniquities, all of our sins. That's not all. Who heals all your diseases. Glory to God. Now this is from an Old Testament perspective. Verse 4. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now let's go to the New Testament. Gospel of Luke chapter 5. Pick it up verse number 18. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed. We all know the story. Whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he, Jesus, saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. There is no sweeter word you will hear from the lips of Jesus than this. Man, woman, boy, girl, whatever, your sins are forgiven you. There ain't nothing like living in the forgiveness of sins. There is no greater liberty than having that weight off your shoulders. Praise God. Man, your sins are forgiven you. Now, now this guy had good friends. 
They couldn't get him in. They couldn't snake him in through the crowd. Hey, I got an idea. Let's go up on the roof, move some tiles. We'll just drop him down. They dropped him down right in front of the Lord. That there's always going to be somebody in the crowd. Verse 21. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, hello, this Jesus before them happens to be God Almighty incarnate in the flesh. Amen. This one, and they were right. Only God can forgive sins, but what they missed was that God has just forgiven sins. Amen. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? What are you guys thinking about? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or to say, Rise up and walk but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, doing what? Glorifying God. Now I don't blame him. Has the Lord ever done anything in your life that provoked you to glorify him? I don't mean just a simple thank you. I mean when you really put some effort into it. Amen. When you lift your hands toward heaven and say, Thank you, Jesus, out loud, and you say it so loud, you don't care who hears you, and you don't care what other people think. Amen. We've had that happen. When Rachel Woods was born, she died. That baby was dead. We got the video. She's limp as a rag. Todd comes out, something's wrong with the baby. Now, we just gathered together right there at Ford Medical in front of the old nurse. They changed everything up now. And we began to pray. And it didn't, and it didn't matter to me if some nurse come down and said, hey, y'all going to have to tone it down. We got people on this hall. I, quite frankly, didn't care what anybody had to say or think about it because it is time to get a hold of God. And if I have to get loud to get a hold of God, I'm just going to get loud. You can call the security or police or whatever, but we got to pray right now. What was, what was the result of that? The Lord touched that child and gave her life just as surely as I'm standing on my feet this morning. Amen. Amen. So what do we glorify God? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody see that baby come down and run back up the aisle? I got a hold of myself. It was going to happen one of these days, I'm telling you. Hayden's going to come down with that offering one of these days, and I'm going to turn it loose. When I do, somebody else may have to preach. Y'all may have just put me over to the side, but I'm telling you, I come close this morning. Because when you've been in the hospital room and seen that precious child laying on that bed, and then you get the good report from the doctor, and then you see her. Amen. Not just walk back, but trot back. Sometimes it's more, old oh, brother, that it can handle. But that's all right. I'll take it. Praise God, let her run. Let's glorify God for his goodness. Amen. That's what the man did. Jesus said, what's easier to say? Hey, son, your sins are forgiven. You arise up and walk. I can do it all. Praise God. He is able to forgive us of our sins, and he is able to heal our bodies because he is an infinite God and all-powerful. Here's the second one. Provision and protection from 2 Kings 4 and 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming 
to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Anybody ever been there? When there wasn't nothing in the house? Or whatever was there was just, you know, when you down to your last can of Beanie Weenies. Yeah, that's where we go. We all live there, don't we? When you down to your last can of Van Camp's chili. Stuff I can cook. <laughs> Why do you thank God for your wife all the time? Because my wife can cook like nobody else. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When you, and it seems like you don't have much. What you got in the house, I got a, and it wasn't no large 50-gallon barrel of oil. It was a small container of oil. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel, mom. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. Is he a God of provision? Hallelujah. I forgot that guy, Sister Bolden, loved this song, Little as Much When God is in It. I can, I can remember when we didn't have, we didn't have nothing. I mean, we didn't, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, we just didn't have, we didn't have anywhere to go. We didn't have anything. But God took what little bit we did have and he blessed it. And when God blesses it, he produces. Can you prove that? I'll be glad to. John chapter 6, verse number 5. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here <coughs> who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. All right? And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they got through, they looked like Brother Andy looked when he got through with that big old burrito. He was a... Uh, Feels good to be full, don't it, Sherry? Amen. As much as they wanted. You want some more? I can't eat another bite, man. Have you ever been there where it was so good that you ate until you almost made yourself sick? Don't sit there and look at me like you didn't. I remember when I was a little boy, my Aunt Tanya made some purple punch. I was six, seven years old. And that stuff was so good, I drank, it. I drank so much of that, I broke out in a rash. And I would have drunk some more if I hadn't drunk it all. I mean, I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I remember living in Happy Valley. I can take you to the place, that bar between the kitchen and the den, 
and I'm sitting at the end of it, and I'm drinking my Aunt Tandy's Purple Punch because it is the best stuff I ever put in my mouth. I'm a blessed man. God has blessed me. My Aunt Bernice made the best peach ice cream you ever eaten. But they ate as much as they wanted because it was delicious. They enjoyed it. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. <clears throat> now I want to share with you uh, an insight that my junior Sunday school teacher, Mr. Harold Pickle, shared with me when I was a kid in, jun in the junior Sunday school class. I've never forgotten. And Mr. Pickle was a great and godly man. Now, I appreciate the Lord allowing him to influence my life. He, and he just had boys. He said, now, boys, we was all sitting around like in a little three or four horse in them circles. He said, they didn't have no big loaves. That wasn't French bread. It wasn't big loaves. He said, he said that was a boy's lunch. He said, they were just little old biscuits. Now, we think for some reason that if, if, if the kid had five three-foot-long loaves of bread, it would have made a difference between 5,000 people. Duh, it don't. The kid had five biscuits and a couple of sardines. You could have put it all in two hands very easily. But when Jesus blessed it, it increased. When the man of God told that woman in the, in the Old Testament covenant, you got, any, you got anything in the house? I got a little bit of jar of oil. That's good. All you need is a little something. Amen. If you bring that and present it to the Lord, he will bless it. Hallelujah. Now here's the kicker. And it's another thing that Mr. Pickle shared with us. All right, boys, who do you think in 12 baskets full of leftovers belong to? The kid. I can see it in my mind's eye. This little kid walking to the house. He got 12 disciples. All of them got a basket on their shoulder full of bread and fish. Can you imagine what his mama said? Hey, mom. Hey, son. Who are these people? And what is all this? Well, I went down. Where, uh, the, the, the man from, from Galilee, Jesus, was. And, and as all the five, hey, that's 5,000 men. That ain't counting women and children, all right? And all these thousands of people were there, and, and, and one of his disciples said, Has anybody got anything to eat? And I said, Yeah, I got my lunch. And look what they did. And all this is ours. Praise God. Can you imagine what, what the mama and daddy, you know, <clears throat> when the kid comes traipsing home, and you got 12 grown men carrying 12 big baskets full of leftovers. But the Lord would do that. There's somebody in this house, you, you think you have nothing to give to God. And I want to tell you that the devil is a liar. Amen. Read the book of Romans. You got a body, don't you? Present it as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and see what happens. Amen. He will provide for us. Not only that, he is our protector. Book of Daniel, chapter 3, verse 17. And we all know the story about Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, known to the Babylonians as Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Those were their Babylonian names. They were not their Hebrew names. But we all know that they said, no, nah, we ain't going to do it. And the king said, well, I'll chunk you in that furnace. And they said, we don't care what you do. 
And speaking to the king, they say, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. I ain't as scared of you, the horse you rode in on. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Our God whom we serve is able to... Now take notice, they're, they're, they did not see any large number of angelic hosts around them. It's just them in front of the king. They are at a, a specific disadvantage here. And yet they say, look, our God is able, even though it don't look good right now, even though it looks really bad right now, because we in your house, we in your room, and those guys with swords are your people, and we ain't got nothing. But let me tell you what we do got. We got a God who is able, O king. He's able to deliver us. And it doesn't matter <clears throat> because we have made such a commitment to him. It doesn't matter to us. I'm talking about unconditional devotion. These boys did not condition their service to God based on what he did for them. We're going to serve him if he delivers us, and if he don't deliver us, we're going to trust him anyhow. Now, you get to that place in your life, you'll be walking in a V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Amen. It don't matter. My circumstances don't matter. The conditions don't matter. Our God is able to deliver us from this furnace and while he's can you see what's happening here? The Spirit of God begins to anoint these boys because their backbone straightens up. They get a holy boldness. We ain't afraid of your furnace. We ain't afraid of you. We ain't afraid of your army. We ain't afraid of your mama. We ain't afraid of nobody has anything to do with you because our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us completely. And if he doesn't, we will serve him with our last breath. When you come to that place in your relationship with God, the enemy can't do anything with you. What's he going to do with you? Kill you? When you've lost your fear of dying, he has no leverage. Lord, I'll serve you if you heal me, you don't heal me. I'll serve you. And, and, why? Because I trust you. You know, it, it was a difficult thing for Brother Andy to come to that place when he had to realize that he didn't know everything. And he couldn't do anything, everything. And there was one greater, one great one greater than Andy has come. <laughs> Praise God. We get to that place, we say, look, I don't understand everything. I don't have to. I want to know more about this Jesus. Let me tell you what I do know. Praise God. My God is able. We're going now to the 24th verse. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste, spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They asked and said to the king, True, O king, look. <laughs> That's a great word. Look. Behold. Guess what? He answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went to the mouth of burning fire first and spoke, spoke, saying, spoke. <clears throat> he probably did say it like that. Shadrach! Because you know your voice goes up and you get nervous. I'm still looking for that wasp. Then Nebuchadnezzar went to the mouth of burning fire first, spoke, spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. 
When God looked down, he did not see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He saw Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah, the three Hebrews. And the satraps, well, I hate to have that on my business card. What are you? I'm a satrap, S-A-T-R-A-P. The satraps, satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. Why didn't the fire have any power? Because all power has been given unto him in whom these men believed. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Not only will he protect you, he will protect you to the uttermost. Not only deliver you from the fire, but the smell smoke was not on them. Will he do that in the New Testament? Let's find out. Acts chapter 28, verse 3. Paul is shipwrecked. See, stuff's going to happen. Uh, well, didn't Paul have enough faith not to be shipwrecked? Stuff's going to happen. He was on a boat. Storm came up. They were shipwrecked, okay? Deal with it. But how do we deal with it? By believing in the Lord. Paul gathered a bundle of sticks, laid them on the fire. A viper come out, probably a sea snake. Because of the heat, and hit his hand. Bit him right on the hand. So when the natives... Saw the creature hanging from his hand. They said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Now that is not a mandate for us to play with snakes. Paul was not playing with the snake. And if you'd asked him, he'd seen that snake, he would have stepped away from it. But if Andy had seen that snake, he would have picked up one of them sticks and beat it to death. Why? Because it's a snake. Amen. That's another sermon. The question we have to answer ourselves this morning is, do we believe in this all-powerful, infinite, almighty God? Matthew chapter 9, verse number 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. O oh Lord, open our eyes. Because he asked us the same question this morning. Do we believe he is able to do this? I do. I saw evidence of what he can do this morning when she brought the offering down and jogged back to her pew. I believe he can because I see a man ought to be dead, but he's alive. Doctor told me he wasn't going to make it. Get the family ready. He's not going to make it. I thought, <laughs> you don't know his mama, do you? Amen. Because we can believe the Lord. We can trust him. We can put our faith and confidence in him. And folks, circumstances aren't going to get any better. They're going to get worse. We live in a divided nation and half the people in this country that we live in have lost their natural mind. Years ago, the, the, it, the, the battle was over pre-birth abortion. That's not the discussion today. The discussion today is newborn murder. 
We'll wait the child's born and then we'll decide. That's what the Romans did, man. If that child was born and, 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 and the father looked at it, and I ain't, you ain't getting off on women, I'm just saying. A lot of times, if it was a female, expose it. You know what that meant? Took it outside, a newborn baby laid it down on the ground and left it to die. Now, how far away is your heart from God? And what kind of a situation are we in as a nation when, when roughly half the people in this country say, eh, maybe that's not a bad idea. It's an awful idea. We're going to need the Lord, folks. He is our only way to heaven. So, Brother Andy, and I appreciate what, and brother, and here's the thing, y'all. Brother Bobby had no idea what I was going to preach on when he prayed this morning. He had no idea. Brother Dan had no idea what I was going to preach on when he led the choir this morning. All of this has been done by the Holy Spirit. He has composed this service because he loves you to whom he speaks. Amen. Brother Andy, I messed up too bad. God can never forgive me. That's a lie. He forgives all of our iniquities. Amen. Well, I, I, the, the doctor said there's no, you know, no, 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 no. There's hope. Jesus is still the healer. Brother Andy, I ain't got nothing. Take what little bit you got and give it to God and see what happens. Ask the Lord to bless it. He will. Brother Andy, I'm, 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 in, I'm in trouble. I'm scared. Will he protect me? Yes, he will. If you want him to, if you ask him to. It all comes down to presenting ourselves before the Lord, saying, oh, Lord, here I am. Help me. Here I am. Forgive me. Here I am. Heal me. Here I am. Provide for me. Here I am, protect me. Here I am, help me. Stand your feet all over the house. He's, <laughs> he's through with me. But he's not through with you. I'm going to give an opportunity as the Spirit of God is speaking to hearts right now. It's not my voice, but it is the, it is the, the voice of the Holy Spirit that is inviting you, is bidding you come to Christ to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.